What's up, you beauties? Welcome to Heim Wide Radio, episode 41, season 5. I'm your host, Jim Michael Boone, joined tonight by Travis Ballinghoff. Jack Smith is on vacation, so it'll be just a Jim and Trav show tonight. If you're listening as a podcast, make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to future shows so future shows become available to you the second we upload them. This is the same reading every week, and I feel like every week I screw it up in some way. <laughs> uh, find all of our social media links in one place at hoo.be forward slash hwhockey, or just head on over to our site, hwhockey.net. There's new articles out from Mark Ramos, and I think I just wrote one. I'm going to do a Flyers Prospect type series. Uh, we just did the 2018 draft, and uh, I'm going to keep going all the way to 2023. Mark Ramos is predicting the Flyer lines, so some interesting reads for you there, uh, guys there. Uh, some It's the middle of July, well, end of July, coming into August now. Uh, so we're trying to make do with some interesting topics for you guys. Uh, speaking of interesting topics, we're going to keep this episode a little shorter we have a couple things we want to talk about. Uh, the Ivan Fedotov saga continues. Uh, we have a, an interesting little tidbit to talk about as far as a Flyers prospect in Alex Bump. And obviously the big story of our show tonight, uh, Cutter Gauthier, Adam Kimmelman, I guess, had the opportunity to speak to Cutter. And there were some interesting comments there. So we'll get to that in maybe a second. Trev, you want to kind of touch on uh, let's talk about the Fedotov thing. Let's get it out of the okay. way. Cause I think the Alex bump thing, there's maybe a little bit of a conversation there to have. Um, but Fedotov, uh, Darren Drager commenting last night, basically saying that this is not over yet <laughs> and that the flyers still want to bring Fedotov over here. And it seems like they're trying to make that happen. Right. Yeah. So I guess, um, what Adam, excuse me. Um, Kimmelman? Yeah, my source is wrong here. No. Um, who? Uh, Drager. Oh, sorry. So guess, yeah, Drager, Drager. So I guess Drager is saying that uh, Fedotov is going to kind of abide by what the IIHF rules. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of leans in our favor. I don't I don't know if you agree or not, but I it should. It seems like the IIHF isn't very fond of, you know, Russian hockey as, uh, the last year or two. So I think that bodes well in our favor. I mean, just a year ago, we thought this guy was going to be backing up for us this year, this uh, past season. And we heard, you know, great things coming out of him from the Olympics a couple of years ago with the Russian team. So the guy's got talent. Who knows what he ends up becoming if he ever does come over here, but I think it's an enticing prospect that I'd like to see. Absolutely. Uh, for many reasons, who knows what's going to happen with Hart? It's July 31st, and the Hockey Canada investigation was not um, revealed or nothing came out. It was supposed to come out in July. Uh, and a bunch of people mentioned, hey, next weekend is a long weekend uh, in Canada, so maybe it comes out then. Hmm. Um, but you know, if Fedotov or Fedotov is able to come over, obviously you can never really have too much goalie depth. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it allows um, Ursan 
to come up with the Flyers and Fedotov gets his feet under him in the AHL because he still has to make that adjustment once he actually is able to come over. Like he, He's 27. Mm-hmm. He's played his whole life on these massive Olympic-sized uh, rinks. So when he actually does come over, he will have to adjust to the angles and, and, and that kind of thing, which is a big deal for goalies. Um, so he'll have to make an adjustment. I don't think he'll start. This is all assuming he eventually comes over. Um, I would ease him into things, let him get his feet under him with the phantoms and then have him up sometime during the season. Obviously Um, maybe, you know, one of Sandstrom uh, Peterson, or maybe hearts back at some point. Um, (laughs) Got a lot of goalies here. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's five. There are, there are five, five goalies that can play in the NHL, you know, uh, we're assuming with Fedotov, obviously, because we haven't seen him. I haven't seen him play. Um, so, so do you think he ends up getting ruled to our favor? I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're right with the IHF and the Flyers did everything right. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any. They didn't pull any dirty tricks. No, um, you know, they didn't pull any punches there. They they played everything by the book. You know that. Where where's Rush? I mean, they did this. They did this this guy dirty mm-hmm. right he was he wanted to come over all of a sudden he has to join the russian military yada yada which i get is how things are done over there you know um but the team did him dirty this year as well like he did his military service he should be allowed to come if he's a free man yep. he should be allowed to now to come to the states and honor the contract that was told and told of course means hey he couldn't play military reasons contract rolls over for next season and uh, KHL, uh, uh, it's it's CSKA Moscow, right? Is the team he plays for? I believe so. They um they are choosing to not honor that because they're saying that his contract was for 2021-2022 only. They're acting like they don't know what this means for a contract to be rolled over, yada yada, which is some shady stuff. So like they they know that. They screwed him out of a year. Yeah. <laughs> and they know this. Like, they're not stupid. Um, so if the IIHF does the right thing, it should play out in the Flyers' favor. Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from there because, obviously, it's, it's Russia. And, you know, God forbid, uh, who knows? Who, who knows what will happen with that? So uh, there's some bad blood in there, I think. He's 27, correct? Yeah. Is he too old to fit the Flyers' timeline? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's interesting because if he does come over, and let's say he plays well, do you You sell high on him? (laughs) Yeah, do you flip him at the deadline? Like, just get rid of him at this point, wash your hands of him, get what you you can get? I was thinking about that a couple days ago. I, I don't see why not, you know? I think that's the way I would lean as well. Yeah. Um, because he's not really going to be. If let's say the rebuild plan is is three to five years, if it's on the short end of that, he'll be thirty. If it's on the long end of that, it's going to be thirty-two. Yeah, three. It's, One you know, year left on his deal. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. He might he might go back. It's such a crazy situation. Like like you said, what if this guy comes in and plays well? Like I remember. Um, so kind of you were talking about like the angles and the different size rinks over in Europe. Like Bob didn't play in the minors when he came over. He came, won the job in preseason. 
And I want to say Sorokin and Shesterkin didn't play in the minors as well. I could be wrong on that, but I think I'm right. I think you are too. So maybe it's not a big of a issue as we may think. And he maybe he's a standout in camp. We're getting, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves here. But maybe he stands out in camp, wins a job, and I don't know, maybe we've got an asset on our hands. I don't see why not. Yeah, uh, something's. I mean, eventually, at some point, things got to start playing out in the Flyers' favor, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe this will be the the start of it. Um, maybe they win this this hearing or whatever it's going to be. Um, give me a second. I'm trying to share this uh, episode, and all my old DMs from like two years ago are for some reason the first people popping up. There we go. All right, trying to get it out on the twit. Yeah. On All X. Right. Yeah, on X. Yeah. You you've been jeeting on there? <laughs> you uh you posted on threads yet? Nah. <laughs> no, I'm not on threads. Uh, are you on there? I made an account. I've never made a post. How is it on there? It's like a ghost um, town or stuff going on. I uh, hi Jade. I uh I see a lot of um I guess companies and different media outlets tweet or not. I don't even know what you call it. Thread. Is that what you call it? A threat. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I don't really see anybody on there that I actually know or talk to or anything. Okay. Maybe it didn't catch on yet, but uh, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, you know how I am with that stuff. I'm always talking to Europe about TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Thread's kind of uh, one and the same with that. We'll see, though. Hey, if people like it, free to do whatever you want. All right. Let's move on a little bit here. We're about 10 minutes in. As I mentioned earlier, it's going to be somewhat on the short side for tonight. Um, something I, I just learned before we started the show, Trav, was uh, Flyers prospect Alex Bump has, re- has entered the transfer portal uh, the NCAA transfer portal. Now he was all set to attend his freshman year of college at the university of Vermont. Uh, Alex bump for those who don't know yet was a 2022 fifth round pick of the Philadelphia flyers, six foot, 200 pounds, 19 years old, left wing um, played last season between uh, in the U- USHL with the tri city storm and the Omaha Lancers. This was a surprise, at least to me. And then after talking to you about it, we had found that there was a little bit more to this story, Trav. You want to elaborate a little bit? Yeah, so I remembered here in, I guess it was last week, um, it was more so like speculation, like is Alex Bump going to switch teams? And I was like, well, what is this about? And then a couple of Google searches, and I guess his head coach was fired for uh, inappropriate uh, text messages, I believe, with a student. Um, that's from NBC and the New York post. Yes. Inappropriate text messages with a student. So they fired him, the head coach. And I guess there's some sort of an NCAA rule where, um, I think if you want to transfer, you have to do it by a certain date. But since the coach was fired kind of right before the season, I guess, um, the timeline gets extended or whatever for, situations like that so i guess alex bump is going to use that towards his advantage um i don't know it's interesting because i mean it's a college head coach right like 
uh, did the coach really have that much of influence on him wanting to play there? I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about Alex bump or the, the, the hockey staff over there, the hockey systems that they run, or even if they're a good hockey team or not, I really I don't can tell know. you right now. No, they, so <laughs> oh, I'm no? looking at, so Woodcroft coached the university of Vermont to a 20, 55 and nine record Ooh. and one playoff win in his three years at the helm. Previously, he spent five years at various positions around the NHL, uh-huh. as well as several other professional teams. His brother, Jay, is the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, yeah, not a very successful hockey program, at least not during uh, Todd Woodcraft's tenure. So it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, maybe – I don't know. I guess it's just – I would imagine it's a little bit of a um... – uh, what's the word I want to use? It's a little bit hectic over there, right? Mm. Like you don't want to deal with all that BS. Like you want to go to school, you want to do your schoolwork, you want to go play hockey and train and work out and have fun with your teammates. You want to, you don't really want to deal with all that crap. So, from that perspective, you you hundred percent realize and understand why he would want to leave and go to a new school. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, well put by you. Uh, you just want to go and play hockey, and then. Obviously, you don't want to talk to a teacher who's talking to students. I mean, I don't know. It's Yeah, kind of strange. If it bothered him, good for him for switching schools, you know. Um, yeah, we'll see where he ends up. All right. So uh, we're almost 15 minutes into the show, Trev. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about this next topic. Um, Cutter Gauthier. Two snipes tonight. He did score twice. Uh, USA White uh, just finished a 10-1 win over Sweden. Uh, Two goals for Gauthier. Four goals and an assist for Chicago prospect Frank Nazar. And a goal and two assists for Montreal's Lane Hudson. Uh, So, yeah, Cutter Gauthier, two goals. Let me just bring back the quick thread here I had from Adam Kimmelman. Oh, a thread. Well, not a threat, but you know, apparently he had the he had the opportunity to talk to uh-huh. Carter Gauthier, and Got I'll be honest with you, out of it. He, he sure did. And I'll be honest with you, I would have rather not have read them to tell you the <laughs> truth, because <laughs> I'm reading this and I'm like, ah, you know, the more I read here, the worse this sounds. Um, all right, so I'll just read a couple snippets from uh, the tweets, and uh, we'll discuss. So apparently, Kimmelman asked. Cutter Gauthier uh, about development camp and skipping it. And uh, Gauthier's response was, it was a little too much hockey after Worlds. Uh, I wanted time with the family, so I figured it was best to stay home. After talking to Danny, uh, obviously it wasn't his favorite thing, but it was best for me. And before we move on to the next, what are your thoughts on that, Trev? Um, so as a you know young 20-year-old, 24 um kind of understand where he's coming from and his life's obviously a lot busier and more hectic than mine and if he thinks that's what best for him i don't really fault him for it but at the same time it's a it's a bad look um and i would imagine he kind of hinted you know danny might not like that decision (laughs) i i think uh he probably hates that decision along with the coaching staff in the front office. And you also got to look at it. 
I mean, this is a there's a lot of new people in that front office that didn't draft him, haven't seen him on the ice yet, that they just got a first impression of Cutter Gauthier, and it's not great. And that's more so off the ice kind of stuff. On the ice, you know, I'm sure they're going to his games pretty regularly. They're seeing how good of a player he is. Um, but off the ice, I mean, it's it's not a good look. And like I said, I understand where he's coming from, but um, he had a chance to make a great first impression, and I don't think he did that, and maybe he raises some questions. Um, now, there has been speculation on social media. Oh, this guy's not going to sign here and this and that, and I'm not worried about that. He, I believe um, in another tweet he said he fully intends to sign after his college season's over this year. Um, I have no reason to believe he won't, but yeah, he had an opportunity to, you know, dominate that camp. Right. And really show off to this new front office, these new coaches they have, um, doing development camp and he didn't do it. And sounds like the front office isn't very happy with it. Right. I mean, so there are a couple points here couple of reasons why I don't like this. And you've, you mentioned, so the, the one where you said this is a new regime and yeah, Carter's, this is his second year, uh, I guess under the flock with the flyers or second year being drafted by them since being drafted by them, new regime, right? Like, yeah, Danny was assistant to the GM, the GM that drafted you is gone, right? The entire front office is basically new. I don't understand how you're not how he's not there or why did he this is a a 19 year old kid right telling telling you that hey I don't think this is important enough to where I think I need to be there you know I need to rest uh I just played for team USA I'm going to play for them again in a month you're not that important right now is what I took from it. Hmm. Um, and you can call me whatever you want. I'm overreacting this overreacting that. That's what it looks like to me. The flyers spent the fifth overall pick on you and you're not coming to a little camp. It's not about you. Your teammates showed up. It's important enough for them. Do you know, do you know what I'm getting at? Like you're a part yeah, like of we, we have a con. We have a comment here that says he would have had to pay his own way. Well, I saw Kaplan there. He paid his own way. I, I hate that. I hate that that keeps coming up. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just do. Uh, so let's think about this for a second. And I could be totally off base here. And we have listeners that will call me out if I am. You grow up playing hockey. You're not poor. You probably come from a <laughs> they're buying you brand new equipment that costs hundreds of hundreds of dollars, if not you know thousands, every other year. They come from well-off families if you play in the NHL for the most part. You're not seeing poor kids or or I'm getting off tr- uh, topic well, a little bit. Also, I'll I'll add to that quickly. Um, I heard what a lot of these kids do is they borrow money from the agent and then just kind of pay them back over time. Dude, there, there are ways this, yep. this kid's going to be a millionaire. All right. in in, in a couple of years, 
couple couple yeah couple months how much does it cost to rent a friggin' hotel room and to pay for pay for dinner four nights and lunch for like give me a break with that a little bit guys right these kids aren't poor is what i'm getting at you can shell out a couple bucks to go to philadelphia flyers development camp this is not some mites on ice team this is an nhl organization that spent the fifth overall pick on you and you're blowing them off i should have uh Got a quote from the Holiday Inn across from the skate zone. See how much it would cost. <laughs> I mean, how much does it cost for a room? Like fifty yep. bucks a night, a hundred bucks a night. You got a comment from from uh, Dave here. Uh, it's the optics. You show up even if you're a little tired. You're not a kid. It's true. It's true. He's showing his immaturity. Like this is some some stuff that I would have done when I was his age. And I would have had people telling me, you need to go. You should go. You should be there. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a bad look if you're not there. You don't have, no one gives a shit if you score a hat trick every single day at development camp. Right. Just, they want to know that you're there. That's it. Snap a couple picks. It's, in my opinion, more for bonding than anything. You're, You're hanging out with your future teammates, you're making connections. For the future, kind of thing. Um, I'm sorry, I can't see this comment. He's already been put on Torch radar in a bad way. Yeah, I think a, a few people. I mean, uh, so while you were while you were talking about that, Trav, uh, you know, making first impression for new regime, Morgan Frost kind of came to mind for me, and how they wanted him in Voorhees. I don't remember what summer it was. Maybe two or three years ago. I think it was out. after the bubble. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because he was going to have a legit shot to make the roster, and they wanted to they wanted to get their hands on him, kind of thing, and he didn't come down. And uh, not that it blackballed him or anything, but he didn't make things easier for himself. You know, he didn't he didn't. Um, if you if you're playing for a professional sports team, like they don't own you, but it's like uh, I don't know, man. It's you want you want character. Uh, as well if you have skill that's great but you need uh some character and hopefully you know this is uh doesn't change the way i i think about gochie overall but it looks bad it leaves a bad taste in your mouth um and some and somebody on twitter was like yeah you know like he uh it's not such a bad look because he scored i don't know what 10 goals in the uh the uh, what was it? The under twenty tournament that they just had over the summer, something like mm-hmm. that. I forget the name of it. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, yeah. I mean, that's all great. That's great. Individual success on Team USA, but that doesn't mean that you're better and more important than the guys that show up for development camp. And that's what it. That's how it looked to me. That I'm I'm more important. What I need, you know, matters. Comes first before. Stupid Flyers development camp. I don't know. Uh, maybe someone will talk some sense into him a little bit. Um, and, and this is a decent, sure, this is a good point um, from Oakham. Uh, thanks for hanging out again, buddy. Uh, you get injured when you're tired, and then we all second guess that. Sure, it could, it could be way too much hockey, sure. Um, I don't know. Meh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have second guessed because if he would have showed up, like none of us would have even like thought anything about this 
there'd never be in the conversation. Oh, he's back at his second development camp. Like <laughs> when has that ever been a thing? And then why we thought got a pretty serious injury. Who's got a shot for the team this year, but none of us were saying when we thought he got seriously injured, Oh, he shouldn't be here at development camp. Like I didn't hear anyone say that. No, he um, created this and yeah, I'm, I'm making a big deal about it. Uh, it's July. I need something to talk about. Cut I don't, I don't think uh, as strongly of the situation as you do, but I completely agree. It's, it's a bad look. This guy had a major opportunity to the, the new regime. He could have made a great first impression on a lot of new guys. There's more people in this, both coaching staff and front office that, you know, they're not big names that haven't been talked about. And there's a lot of different guys in new roles and, I don't know. He he could have done like if he if he would have dominated, like he probably would have. That would have been a conversation up there, kind of like I just talked about with Den sure. Like I don't know. It's it's a known thing. Morgan Frost dominated Dev Camp every year. Cam York dominated Dev Camp. Like th- these things kind of they stick around in the memory. And, yeah, it gets people excited. Yep. I mean, fans, teammates. Like, oh, I get to play with Gauthier, you know. He had an amazing uh, summer with, with Team USA. Uh, awesome season last year at Boston. Uh, where is he? He's not BC, right? Yeah, he's at Boston College. Yeah, and I, I will say this. I actually do think development camp's a little bit more important than others do. Like, you, you have a chance to be on the ice with John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp. I, I think they could teach you a couple of things and help build your skills up. Even relationships with those guys. Yep. It, those things are, are, I think, underrated by fans, potentially. You know, like, relationships with people within the team matter a lot. They want to get their hands on these kids. They want to talk to them. Uh, they already can't talk to – I mean, they, they, they can't see their first-round uh, pick from this year for who knows how long. Could be one, two, three years. Gauthier's in the States. He's here. Come to friggin' development camp, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't make it. Th- don't make it a thing. Uh, there is a comment. Uh, how how many college kids have been to two development camps? There was a lot there this year. Yep. There was there was a lot of people that are, that were at development camp last year. Um, Alex Re- Bump comes really comes, the. Comes um, sorry, the last one I remember there being this situation was JVR. Right? Oh, really? Didn't he skip out on his second development camp? Too important, huh? That's that's the only time I remember this happening. Or at least it being a conversation. Yeah. Honestly, I don't remember. I never I, I well, we got a comment here from our buddy Cards88. Cards, thanks for hanging out again, man. We got all the uh the uh the what's the word? Not the diehards. Um the homies that's the word I'm looking for. We got all the homies in the chat tonight. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We're we're recording a little bit later than usual. Um so we appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, so, Carts88, I heard someone from a notable podcast say, Gauthier was the best interview at the Combine. I don't think it's that big of a deal. In the grand scheme of things, will I remember this when, when Gauthier scoring 30 goals a year? <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I'm not going to make a big deal about it like I am now. Well, if, make- if there is something crazy that happens in five years, we are going to remember this. Like, I remember when he was 19 and he had those, you know. It's a red flag. It's a little bit of a red flag for me. Yes, that's a good way to put it. 
Like, all right, like it's it's only one because there's been so much good about Gauthier. So I don't want to make it look like this is a bad seed kind of thing, mm-hmm. but there's a flag, and it's something that it's not green. I'll be I'll be monitoring. I'll be looking at now. Like, okay, is does Gauthier put himself before the team? You know, like, uh, is he the type of guy that's going to create divide in a room or create clicks type of thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, is so th- he, let me get to some other quotes from him here. Uh, Gauthier and skipping flyers dev camp. Uh, all right. So on his game this year versus last year, Gauthier's response was, excuse me, I'm a complete package. I think it shows for myself the way I can shoot the puck and contribute to a team's performance. I'm one of the top guys that's going to make plays happen every single time I'm on the ice. Obviously, he exudes confidence, Trav. Mm-hmm. What did you think of those quotes? Um, I don't know. I don't think I – that one I didn't really care about. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I, I like a good, confident hockey player. He knows he's going to be a top six goal scorer. So I don't know. I didn't really that I that one didn't really bother me too much. Yeah, they're fine. I was just wanted to see if uh, you know he wanted to read into those at all. Um, he's confident, which which is great. I guess if if I'm worried about anything, it's dude. We know you're good, but you still have to do you still have to do these things. It doesn't mean you're not good enough to not do these things is is what i'm worried about you know like uh, don't don't get too big for your own good is because this is the age where that stuff starts to creep in 19 20 21 you know you're too cool for school kind of thing um so i'm i'm worried about that but like i said if he comes in scores 30 goals a year sure you know be however you want dude um Last quote from Kim uh, on on Goche from Kimmelman. Um, oh, a couple actually here, and we'll wrap up on a positive one. Uh, on his level of comfort playing at center, I can play any position, whether it's left, center, or right. I feel comfortable either or, but definitely I feel comfortable in the middle. Just continuing pace of play with my speed and physicality, winning faceoffs. I like it a lot. That's great news. The Flyers, they need centers. So uh, this is the one I'm like, eh, because if you talk to anyone who watched him play at lengths, they said, like, this is a good thing he's going back to college because no one's really too sure of him as a center yet. A lot of people still think he needs to play on the wing. Mm. I hope they I hope he plays center. I see. um, I see this comment from Karts. York only went to one dev camp. Um, I believe he's been to three. He was mad that he had to attend one. I remember that. Oh, wow. I think it was. Oh, was that last year? I think it was last year. I kind of remember that as well now. And that had, and that whole thing, I think, played into why. Because I remember there being some bad feelings about that. First impression under John Tortorella, you're pissed off that you have to come to dev camp. I remember that. And you could see how it kind of played out into the season type thing. But yeah, he was definitely at last year's. and He was at 2019's. I don't think there was one in 2020 due to COVID. Hmm. 
And then he was at the last two, so he's been a three. He was, I remember him being pissed, yeah. Yep. He still um, paid his way, though. Still, He still came. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, uh, I could... I can make this a, a big thing because it really did. It pissed me off. It, hmm. I was pissed off that he didn't come back when camp was had. After reading that, that one or two quote quotes, it looked bad and sounds even worse. Hearing him say what he said. The other thing, Trav, that I wanted to touch on was why didn't they figure this out way ahead of time. Why does it seem like this was something that came up last minute? Work it out and have this plan. Didn't it seem like, because Briere mentioned he was surprised. And even in those quotes, it was said that he was disappointed mm-hmm. that he wasn't there. If you're surprised he didn't come means to me that he was expecting him to be there. And so to me, that says this, this was something that Goche decided last minute. And it wasn't planned. That to me is Bush League. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess someone, I I would like to ask Danny, well, when did you find out that he wasn't coming? Mm -hmm. Because maybe he's known this for months and he wasn't asked about it until recently. And then, you know, it caught fire because development, you know, was just a couple of weeks ago. I guess that's possible. I don't know. I Okay. Like I said, I I'd, I'd like to ask Danny when did you find out? But even if you're saying like, "Oh, well, you could plan this." Like, what what do you think they could do? Maybe just get in his head, "Oh, well, ask ask your agent to lend you some money." Like is is that what you're thinking? No, I need if this was planned in advance, then I need Briere to say I need him to somewhat protect uh, his player a little bit. Uh-huh. Because not that he's throwing him intentionally under the bus, but he's feeding him to the wolves a little bit by saying, oh, we were surprised and disappointed that Goche wasn't there. So now of- somebody like me is like, well, why the hell isn't he there? Mm-hmm. You know? Kind of, uh, this just popped into my mind, but I remember, um, I forget exactly what day actual training camp started last year, but it was, it was very, very, very... Um, what is the word they used? Um, they they wanted guys in town a month beforehand or, you know, <laughs> you weren't going to be happy with your opportunity and your ice time. And Sure. I mean, I don't know. That kind of just popped into my mind. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing guys show up again a couple weeks. That shit matters, really. man. Yeah, I mean, this is your job. It's your life. I mean... I mean, I get that these guys play a sport and, uh, you know, they, they're physically taxed every other night, but they make millions of dollars to do it. Like, let's not pretend that these guys aren't well off, that they're all struggling here or something. Like, these aren't everyday guys here. Like, we work year-round. We get a friggin' week vacation. These guys get three, four months off. They can come back and, and work out yep. in August to get ready for training camp in September. Hey, come on here, guys. You know? that, that used to happen a lot. I, I've heard so many stories about that kind of stuff, and it's kind of gone away the last couple of years where guys hung around, flyers hung around the city all summer and all town. Um, it doesn't really happen too much anymore. Mm-mm. And I'm not, I'm not a huge Instagram guy as much anymore. Um, and I, I don't know if 
if I follow these guys or if I followed somebody else, but I, I have been seeing guys like York, Forrester, Farabee uh, doing things around the city. So they're here, which is, I guess, good for them. And I would assume that they're going to be hanging around until Tony's in town. Tony D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Farabee. um, I talked to Joel and I think he said he was going up to North Jersey for about a month. But other Mm. than that, he was going to stick in town. Oh, there you go. He's from North Jersey. That's right. He's from up there, right? Yeah. Near Syracuse. Okay. New York. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that you, that's what I, I, well, I don't want to say it's what I want, but you want the guys close together. You want them building a team away from hockey kind of thing, the camaraderie. Um, Zamul is in town. Yes, he is. So Alex Bump has asked for his release from Vermont. Yep. So we did talk about this uh, earlier in the show. Uh, We also talked about Fedotov uh, earlier in the show. Uh, So make sure you go back and, and listen to the podcast tomorrow, Oakham. Uh, but thanks for the, for these comments here. Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, it's definitely uh, middle uh, end of July, uh, early August, because these are the topics that we got going for you guys. But I appreciate everyone chiming in. You guys, yeah, there's a lot fun. of people that aren't as worried or don't take it as maybe they're taking it with a grain of salt. So maybe we are wrong. <laughs> maybe this won't matter. Which part the the go chase stuff? Yeah, maybe. maybe guy ends up scoring 40 goals every year and signs a team-friendly deal, plays 20 years for the Flyers, and we'll forget about all this. Sure. I hope I, so. Probably. Absolutely. But, you know, right now, July 31st, it, it really did piss me off. If it didn't, I mean, all this, you see everyone getting excited about Frost, yada, yada. I can't fake that I'm upset that Morgan Frost is not signed yet. Something's going to happen there. But with the Gauthier stuff, it pissed me off. And I'm like, oh, well, we do a podcast where I can talk about this. So that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not going to make uh, a huge deal. I'm not going to go on and on and on about Gauthier. We should have been there, man. Yep. Should have been at Dev Camp. Yeah, just to show your face, dude. Um, it's the future of the, the franchise. Future of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and may not like this. Flyers should come before all other obligations. They're, they're going to be paying your salary for who knows how many years, hopefully for, for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, how about this? Can you imagine having Meechkov and Goche for only <laughs> 925K a piece? Uh, no, I can't. Like, when's yeah. the last time the Flyers had two studs like that, Dean? Oh, maybe uh... Richards Carter, and they—I don't even think that they're really on that. I mean, they—they they were on another level, but Mitch yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. Guys drafted back to back top ten. Yeah, have the Flyers ever done that? <laughs> maybe since the nineties. Uh, who'd they draft before or after Nolan Patrick? Remember? Well, we never really drafted that high, so. 13 was Moran, 14 was Sandheim, 15 was Rubtsov. Provorov was seven. Uh, fifth, yes, 15 was Provorov and Konechny. So 16 was Rubtsov. That was like 18 or so. Yeah. 17 was Patty and Frost. Patrick got two. So 18 was Joel. 
That was around yeah. like 12, 13, 14. So I don't, yeah, they really haven't been in this position since I've been a fan. Uh-huh. JVR was at two. But I seven think seven overall this year. Right. I don't, re- I don't remember a time they've had back to back top 10 picks. And if, a, if that is true, if they did, whenever they did, the salary cap wasn't in place. Uh, true. So it really doesn't even matter. A long time. Got to tell you what, I know, I know it's a little early. I've been looking over some of the players in next year's draft. It's going to be another loaded draft. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I think top three, everyone's talking up the Russian kid, Demidov, and uh-huh. obviously Cole Eiserman will be there and Macklin Celebrini. All three of those guys' offense, it's a deep draft for D. Should be a deep draft uh, for I D. Like Flyers need some. Um, yeah, I mean, if they don't get one of those three guys, um, well, it'll be interesting. I know we're a year off, but I just wanted to mention, you know, because they're probably going to be picking top ten again. But um, we'll talk. We'll talk Flyers roster on a future show. At at Maybe some point, they're going to have the guy that projects as a top pair number one defenseman, whether that's the draft trade. Probably not going to get a guy like that in free agency unless he's, you know older but they're gonna have to find someone like that somewhere i would agree and another great comment here from oakham samu tuomala tuomala which one is a trap tuomala getting back into the mix could be a huge boost kid has some very good speed and he showed that off in dev camp yes right <laughs> who, did they... who, who did he beat it was, oh, was, was it andre it? he beat it a couple was. guys it was andre the one the the play i'm thinking of yeah and Andre had somewhat of a head start on him. He just beat him on the outside. Yeah, the day I was there, he had like four breakaways, I think. Hmm. I was he, I was really impressed. I think that was a Thursday. That Maybe would be a massive boost. Yep. Because I don't want to say that people were writing him off, but he was starting to get lost in the mix there. Yeah. Once you start getting demoted in the Swedish Hockey League, things start to right. get a little fuzzy. Um, so it's good that they got him over. Is he on the Phantoms this year? Let me double check that. Yes, he is. Okay, good. So he's here. Lappy will get his hands on him. And it'll pan out. I I like Lappy, so I'm half kidding when I say that. <laughs> but I think he's a great guy. I, I think he knows I what love he's doing. Lappy. And I think yep. he deserves a little credit for turning the Phantoms around. Man, he's I was that. really I was really impressed with Brink at development camp. That was the guy who impressed me the most. The Phantoms I, are going to be was, fun, dude. That was the first time I've ever seen him. You know, in person, I was really impressed. He, um, there's there's a thing around him that he's slow. Um, he's not as fast as Tuamala or, or some of the other guys, um, but I don't think he's slow. Um, Is he I, quick? Yeah, he's really shifty. Okay. And I actually kind of noticed, like, I don't know if he's ever played left wing before, but like that's kind of a thing. Uh, they're loaded at right wing. They're short on left wing. Like I kind of liked them on both sides of the puck. So maybe that works out in his favor. Very shifty. Um, I think he's kind of a pass first guy, but got a pretty quick release on him. I, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. That's what I was going to bring up there. So they have him listed as a right wing here. He's, he's mm-hmm. right wing shot. Yes, right shot, okay. right wing. All right, so, all right. I was going to say, 
if they can pair him up with a winger who can play on their offside, they'd be like a snipe, one of the snipers they got in the system. Flyers have a lot of guys that can shoot the puck in the system. Yeah. Which is fun. But maybe Brent can be that that I don't want to compare him to Mark Recchi, but he's he's five eight, one sixty six. If he can be that guy that sets up, you know, these kind of guys and still pots a couple himself. Just in, just in the same uh, uh, like I said, I don't want to call him Mark Recchi, but be that similar type guy. You need a guy to set up the other guys, mm-hmm. kind of is what I'm saying. So that'd be nice. Former second round pick in the 2019 draft. I'll be right. Maybe that'll be Morgan Frost. Yeah. <laughs> Still unsigned. And we're not going to have a huge Morgan Frost conversation, but did the Flyers miss the boat not uh, putting that to arbitration? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, that that is interesting. I didn't think about that until you texted me that earlier. I, I didn't even think of that. I don't really know how arbitration works in the sense of does the team file for that? Does the player do both have the opportunity? Um, do you have to be a certain age? Like I, I don't know. I don't know too much about arbitration besides, okay, the team submits that and it gives a bunch of, we think you're worth that much money. Cause you suck at this, 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 and this. And then the player goes, well, I think I'm worth this much money. Cause I'm really good at this, 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 and this. And then, I guess they meet somewhere in the middle from an independent lawyer. That's the only thing I really know about arbitration. Did you see today Troy Terry? Uh, yes. That, so he's been pretty good for them. Mm-hmm. But he wants – obviously they're going to go somewhere in the middle here, but I think Anaheim offered 4.5, and he's asking 8. So pro- they're going to probably settle around 6, 6.5. Uh, the whole process is a little odd, isn't it? Yeah, so I I saw a graphic today, and I know I liked it. I forget who tweeted it, but it was pretty much um, what the team offers, and it was a league-wide thing. What the – yeah, so what the arbitrator awards versus um, if you were to take the middle number of both sides, and it's always like right in the middle. So it's almost like if you think you're worth eight, just say 10, say 12, and you're going to get yourself more money because it always somehow you divide that number by two, and that's what you're going to get. Yep. It is is pretty lame, that whole thing. Like just if that's how it's going to go, just avoid it and just give them the number. Well, I think them things tend to get ugly when the team starts shitting on the guy trying to get his number down. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I understand why guys avoid arbitration, but for sure. I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting thing. You wonder how long they've been negotiating with Frost if they knew ahead of time that they might have some issues there. I don't I don't know. I don't really understand why there is issues, but no, me neither. Can only assume, and uh, not going to keep doing that on Frost. If you guys want to go back and listen to some yep. of the Frost conversations, <laughs> feel free. We do have a comment since you're at DevCam, Trav. Uh, we said we we're going to keep this episode a little shorter, so we will. But let's get to this first. From Wooly, how smooth was Bonk? Oh, the- my God. So there, there is the notion out there that, like, the puck skills are limited. I, I agree with that to an extent. Um, he was pretty dominating on the defensive side of the puck. And he actually does have a pretty good shot. I don't know if that's a known thing. Because we, we heard, oh, he doesn't have that much. His ceiling's pretty low. 
he's going to be a, a second pair defensive defenseman. That might be true, um, but he's got a pretty decent shot on him. Very good defensively. The skills, yeah, they're just kind of meh. Okay. Good question there from Wooly. Yes. Thanks, thanks for that. It's the first time I think uh, we've seen you pop in the chat here. So yeah, Shout out to Wooly. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Hopefully we see you in there again. Um, Trav, any any final news and notes or any topics that we missed that you want to touch on? I know you have some uh, – you're starting a new uh, YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. What the hell is it? Uh, I can't think tonight. I'm just beat. I don't really know what you want to call it, but I'm sure some of the viewers know I have my own YouTube channel, post a wide variety of different content, um, mostly flyers, but there is some Phillies and some Eagles on there as well. But um, every Monday I'm going to, and I'm going to do this for about a month because eventually I'm just going to run out of players and goals. Um, but every Monday I'm just going to post a video of flyers scoring their first career goals. Yeah. And that's cool. Wednesdays, I'm going to do the Phillies, and Fridays, I'm going to do Eagles' first touchdown. Wednesdays, Phillies' first home runs. Idea I had, you know, it's the middle of the summer, and there's yeah. not a ton to post right now. Um, so I'll rock with that for about a month, and then hopefully by that point, it's training camp, and I'll, I'll be standing next to you at the skate zone. Yep, before you know it. Only a couple weeks away now, right? Well, yep. about a little bit over a month, but yeah, it's going to come quick. Uh, all right, boys and girls, that's going to do it for this episode. So one last time, give us a subscribe and a follow. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Set alerts for weekly shows and favorite hoo.be forward slash hwhockey. Or head over to hwhockey.net for all of our latest episodes and articles. As always, thanks for hanging out. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. Ray Emery. <laughs>